It's Friday, and it's Control Alt Revolt the podcast. I'm Nick Cole. I'm Single White Medusa. What episode is it today? Ninety-three. Look at you, the show pro, calling, <laughs> calling out the episode number. Exactly. Well, I'm your administrator. You know, it's my job. Gotta make sure all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Mm, I love me some crossed T's. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's the weekend. What are the what are the things that are floating around your mind? I don't know. My mind is pretty. Um, I gotta get my voice lower. We can't say Alec Baldwin today. I was just gonna say. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of Alec Baldwin. We discussed that earlier. You had some thoughts. Um, yeah, I think we'll talk about that because yeah. we we have a little we have we have some knowledge there, right? Yeah, probably you more than me, but a little bit, some. Sure. I mean, because you have the gun knowledge and the. Uh, the business of show. Set, set yeah, knowledge. yeah. The business of show. Set. Okay. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, like, what's on your mind? You have been diving deep lately on sort of the pursuit of where all of this is going. And today, you watched a pretty um, telling video. What were your? You want to describe that video and the Which series one? of TikTok videos by the Australian lad oh, yeah. who who likes to train and he got the vax. Yeah, that was crazy. You actually found that on Twitter, but it was by my favorite doctor, Dr. Mercola. And I mean, it wasn't by, he posted these videos that this kid had posted, this Australian kid. And it was a series of maybe five two minute videos or so, approximately. You can find it on Twitter by going to Dr. Mercola and then scrolling down through his. And because, um, because we have, you know, such an open culture where anybody can talk about anything and all ideas are welcomed, and I'm Captain James T. Kirk. If you believe in freedom, the Constitution, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, bones, um, you know. So what Mercola has to do is he has to troll articles and, and like, say, like, when this guy's like, the vax has ruined my life, he has to be all, this is disinformation, you know. And uh, and really, it's it was pretty stunning. I mean, actually, that was one of the more stunning series of videos to me because the guy did it at like two points in his life and and so you see the progression of somebody who is you know totally like i'm wrong i'm getting the vaccine and you know it's great and then has problems and he's like uh i'm in hospital they call it emergency right i'm in emergency maybe i'm in emergency i'm in hospital what do they also say theater yeah, I'm in theater. Which is I'm like in the surgery. Room. Yeah, theater. I love all the variations of Limeys. Thank and I know you. there's some that listen to this podcast. Like, I really am an Anglophile. I really dig all of you guys and your your cute little Limey way of saying things. Yeah. It, 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 it's very sweet. And, and I wish that were still sort of the UK and the English, but I think many of you who are subjects of the crown uh, agree that, that that sunset has come. But I still do think, like someone quoted me the other day, they said, you know, the thing about Nick Cole's books is the world is a dark place, but there's still hope. And that's that's absolutely true. I still think that the British Empire could um, embrace its destiny and become, you know, the wonders of the English people, which they have a lot of really great attributes that I think, you know, the pluck and the determination and the things that Tolkien talked about, about just, you know, being common ordinary people set on doing the right thing no matter what i still think that that can happen so you see this lad from australia um and 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 now he's having problems with the vaccine and uh but he's still like 
what was the, what was sort of the disconnect? Oh, he's like, so I tried to warn everybody that you shouldn't train if you get the vaccine because it's causing these problems. And it's like, no, that's the training the is <laughs> that's not the problem. I mean, it it might be a tiny good tiny bit of a good idea if you like if like him you already had the vaccine yeah i mean i i see his point like yeah maybe you shouldn't because he was like mr fitness guy it seemed like and um yeah maybe you shouldn't and his lady yeah and they both they, had, so he got pericarditis and she got myocarditis yeah possibly vice versa but two, one, one got two one one got the completely other. healthy people healthy and young they look healthy like, and young mm, and physically fit 20s? Are, are now like vaccine injured, uh, scarring on the heart, all these kinds of things really looking bad. And here he is still saying like, oh, I think it's a training. And um, and then and then uh, he says, um, well, she, you know, because he's only had one one dose. And he says to the doctor, should I get the second one? The first doctor says, no, I don't think you should get the second one. And that doctor is a cardiologist. So you would think that that doctor dealing with heart issues would know what they're talking about. A few minutes later, or a few days later, basically, a disease specialist comes in. So the disease specialist wouldn't really be dealing with the damage to the heart or the vaccination. The disease specialist would really be, and let's just say it bluntly, the COVID advocate. Yeah. And the COVID advocate comes in and says, you need to be vaccinated. And he says, but I just had my cardiologist say I shouldn't be vaccinated. And he's like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, apparently this is causing a lot of people problems. And he and the, and the disease specialist says, you know, and this is this is like this guy's either the greatest actor in the entire world or the most clueless doctor ever. He's like, oh, I didn't know that. And so he's like, yeah, let me show you some links. And he shows the guy links and he sits down with his links and he's like well maybe we could do another vaccine and he's like what about this one astrazeneca and he's like i think that's causing problems with people's hearts too and he's like i didn't know that and then like we were talking about the other day about doctors googling thing the guy says the doctor literally googles it and he's like oh i didn't know about this and it's like it's got to be disingenuous because later on in the videos if you watch them the nurses come to this guy and say, listen, we are seeing about 30 to 40 young patients like you and your girlfriend every day with these issues. Yeah. that I mean, to me, like, that was mind-blowing, and I kept thinking about it throughout the day, because I'm like, this is one hospital. And, like, if you add all that up, I mean, like, one particular hospital is seeing 30 to 40 a day. And then we were like... And that's just for these two heart conditions related to the vaccine. That's not including the other issues that people are having from it as well. Like, I I don't know. Like, if that's the same all over, if it's really that many, that's kind of mind... I mean, that's blows my mind anyway. Yeah. So run over there and, and check those videos out. Or maybe we'll try to just post the link in the comments so you can kind of check them. And you got to run through the thread and watch all five videos separately. They're all about two minutes or under two minutes. So... Not a big time commitment, but if you want to see the disconnect of someone who's on board, gets it, begins to encounter sort of the insanity of the medical system, moves down to, uh, I have concerns and I think these people are incompetent, to in the end, the guy is phoning all his friends and saying, don't get this, don't get this, don't get this. And I thought, like, I found the guy in the video to be 
really cool um, because the first thing I he did one thing that really impressed me. And then the final thing that he did is here he is having problems and everything like that. And he sits down with his telephone book and starts calling everybody that he knows that he's concerned about. Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty cool. I, I, I'm not that kind of guy. I'm more of like, well, I'm not going to bother people. Or, you know, hey, you make your decision and stuff like that. And I was impressed that that cat, you know, and it, you can just see the, the, the needle move from where someone is to now they are literally calling everybody in their telephone book and saying, if you've had it, please go get checked. Oh, and then he points out that the one of the, some of like, he, he only brings up one issue, but that guy did go and get checked. And yes, he was having all those problems. And yes, he had pericarditis, pericarditis, myocarditis. Mm-hmm. One day at the end of this disease and pandemic, I will get those two words right. <laughs> Exactly. See, that's how I wish I spoke all the time. Spoke. <laughs> Spoke all the time in this sort of deep, rich 1970s cognac commercial voice. I love it. I love all the ways you speak, though. Yeah, I'm a chameleon. I'm a lot of things. Yeah. I don't think I'm anything at the core of it except maybe a 12-year-old, 11-year-old boy. No. But then I, I, can, I, can, like I can be all these other things. But if someone were, were to say, like, what are you really? I'm like, eh, probably about an 11-year-old boy. No, like, you said the other day, and I was like, yes. Like, you're like, I'm generally a pretty affable guy. And I'm like, yes. That's what I would say about you. Like, I know you have, like, a, a side where um, you can, if someone makes you angry, you know, you the can. The asshole side. No, <laughs> but I'm saying. Literally in an email yesterday, like, I had, to, I had to set some people straight in business. and uh, And I just, like, basically, you know. Uh, drew the big old whiteboard of, of how I wanted things done and, and why they were wrong. And then at the end of it, I said, <laughs> this is my favorite line, I go, I go, um, many people say that Nick Cole is an asshole and those people are not wrong, comma, mostly. And I was like, yeah, that pretty much sums me up. But I would say that is not your main side. Your main side no. is very affable you like to have a, just a good time and be nice to everyone unless they're a jerk to you. But, I mean, generally you are very kind to everyone, and that is what how you like to be, how you prefer to be. And I also like that, like, people can – I feel like people can say anything to you and you don't, like, make them feel stupid or judged. No, like, I'm – I. it's weird. I'm half golden, golden retriever, half wolf. And it's, it's, it's like 90% of the time it's golden retriever. Mm-hmm. And then when the wolf comes out, even I don't like the wolf. But once in a while, the wolf is needed. Yeah, one you time you, sometimes you got to be the wolf. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good in small, you know, like to uh, it pick, used to be battles, It like used to said. be worse, and I, I've learned now that the wolf, there's a time and a place for the wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I use the wolf in the right times, I don't, I don't walk away from it feeling bad or like like that but you know generally it's the carrot and stick thing most people carrot 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 until you teach me you're a stick person and then it's stick 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 yeah exactly but you prefer to to get the carrot speaking of people who are like 100% wolf all the time Mm -hmm. uh, my genetic brethren Alec Baldwin because he's black Irish and I'm black Irish somewhere down the line I'm also Cherokee and Texan and stuff like that. And English, right? Aren't you a little There's English? some English. Yeah. There's some English. Probably 1% Japanese if I did like, you know, 23andMe. <laughs> but I think that's a con by the Chinese to create data weapons to kill all of you who wanted to find out if, you know, you were related to the Duke of so-and-so. Turns out it's all a con. 
Um, but, uh, oh, I almost knocked over my coffee, but the Medusa had the reflexes of a ninth level rogue and made her <laughs> savings throw. Saving throw, not a savings throw. <laughs> savings throw is when you go and get all your money out of the bank and you go play craps in Vegas. <laughs> savings throw. You're probably going to get what you deserve there. Exactly. So, um, Alec Baldwin shot and killed the cinematographer on a film that he was executive producing and wounded the director. So, I know everybody's hot take, and it really, it's funny, like, how, like, everything is political now, because, because, and I'm not gonna, I, I don't know anything. I'm not gonna, I, I have some insight, having been an actor who has worked on sets with prop guns and props and stuff like that, and, and so I'll talk a little bit about that, but the thing that is interesting is even this issue immediately got politicized because Alec Baldwin is a darling of the left and has made a lot of hay out of, out of really being kind of an awful person to anybody the right deems the worst, you know, the Keith Olbermann worst person, the left deems being the worst person ever of the moment. Alec Baldwin is usually there to hammer hard because he has a, he has a bully pulpit. I remember there was a time when they were looking at Alec Baldwin to be like the governor of New York and they were going to grim him for president. And then like, he like, uh, beat up a cameraman that week or, you know, uh, Oh, he also told his daughter she was a little piggy, you know, like, like all all of like, you can see like a long time. Cause like, and this is another interesting thing about Alec Baldwin is I have this thing that I say to the Medusa, I say men generally get better looking as they get older and women start off good looking and then kind of decrease you're the exception to the rule. You just get better and better looking every day. I honestly can say that my eyes aren't blinking. My fingers aren't crossed. That is total truth. You are more beautiful today than when I met you. That's too kind of you. Okay. But you're the exception to the rule. And the rule is, this is kind of how it works men and women. So Alec Baldwin started off really good looking. You go back and you watch like his early movies, Red October, Miami Blues and uh, his like basically he comes into Beetlejuice and like and owns one scene in Beetlejuice and that really puts him on the map. He started off in theater and Broadway uh, doing Streetcar, a revival of Streetcar, which is a Brando role and he did great. And um, I think he did that with Jessica Lange, but um, really a good looking man. But as the years have gone by, kind of portrait of Dorian Gray, he's gotten uglier and meaner and thuggish he has pig eyes now <laughs> stuff like you got pig eyes which is the greatest like the greatest yeah the greatest story you'll ever hear is jamie fox in comedians getting coffee with jerry seinfeld in a car it's another name of the show but that's what i call it <laughs> I jamie fox talks about how he gained a bunch of weight after winning his uh oscar for ray and he was doing a comedy show <laughs> at a black club, and this chick down front goes, "Why your belly so big?" <laughs> and uh, and then he he was talking about you when you get rich and and famous and like pampered, that you get what he calls fame face, and you start getting fat and stuff like that. So I always say that to myself now, which is why I really work out incessantly hard because I just don't want to be, I don't want to let you down if we ever get together uh, for coffee or a convention. I want you to be like, why are you belly so big? <laughs> 
So uh, Alec Baldwin, unfortunately, just, you know, went to, to Flavortown on being ugly. Though in the stills for this movie, he actually looks pretty, pretty good. And, and, and they've got him in some hair and makeup. And he's always had great hair. So anyways, whatever happened, we don't know. Like, here, the truth of the story is this. Alec Baldwin shot somebody with a prop gun. Um, that's all you know. But it was amazing to watch both sides sort of like... Uh, the left come out and defend Alec Baldwin. So again, the news jumps in with Alec Baldwin discharged his gun. Oh, he just discharged it. You know, like 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 John Wilkes Booth, Booth discharged his uh, Derringer revolver into Lincoln's skull. You know, like uh, like uh, uh, the all, all the all the black guys that have been mur- you know murdered by cops were told they they discharged their weapons into the black Utes. You know, and that's from uh, my cousin Vinny. No, they always shoot them. They always murder them. They always kill them. But in the case of uh, slaughter them, track them down, hunt them. That's another one. You know, but in the case of Alec Baldwin, he merely discharged like it was a bodily function. He just discharged, Mm -hmm. you know, so. So uh, please, like when it's like when people say Joe Biden's poll numbers, I'm like, oh, please stop. Let's pick (laughs) approval numbers. Another image. Alec Baldwin discharging. Ah! (laughs) Sorry, Mom, but you know how I get. My mother knows my use of the word penal and my enjoyment of using it. (laughs) Penal colony. He was penalized. I've been penalized! (laughs) So, anyways. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. This is how it's being read in China. Alec Baldwin discharges a pistol. Uh... (laughs) See, that's why I can't be on regular YouTube and things like that. Now do an Irish accent, and then, you know, then you'll be fair. Alec Baldwin discharged his pistol. See, we're just doing accents. Yeah, we're just... <laughs> um, so Alec Baldwin discharges his pistol and, and kills the cinematographer. So now I'll jump in and talk about set safety, which I know something about. Like, when you work with guns on a set, and again... It's the same, like it's almost like the same. Like I, I kind of think back about the military, like when you're first handed weapons and everything like that in basic training. It's, it's pretty like like I look back on it now. It was serious, but it was pretty light. Like I always like think back and I was like, you guys just gave us like M16s and you know that's how old I am, and and just let us run amok and like you know like. But when you would go into a set the weapon master is usually a special kind of prop master that's there and they're really tight on guns because you know what they don't tell you a lot what you don't hear a lot you hear about the big ones like vic morrow and brandon lee and things like that people have been hurt on set but the truth of the matter is people get hurt in hollywood a lot and frequently and they cover it up like member um member uh he was in usual suspects and now he's in the French Dispatch, Hispanic guy, but Benicio del Toro, Benicio del Toro. He um, disappeared from movies for a while because he was doing a, a, a fighting scene and he almost sliced his hand off with a knife. Yikes. Yeah. And it was really it was bad enough to like sideline him like Burt Reynolds when he did City Heat with with Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood hit him in the jaw so hard that he ended up getting addicted to painkillers and had chronic like neurological pain because of getting hit like wow. it's very dangerous to be in the movie it's very dangerous to be on set there was we worked at a theater uh in la where a piano we weren't there at the time 
dropped on this singer's feet and ruined his career because his all his feet were crushed and the pain was so incredible he could never sing again like there was another one where uh one of the singers walked off the back of the stage and took like an eight foot fall and broke their neck like and died i think yeah, right? yeah. but like i i remember like brad pitt was doing the like competing alexander the great film i forget which one that was oh like he was playing ulysses one of the guys jumped off the boat when they beached the scene and broke his leg and then it swelled up and died. Whoa. And Brad Pitt was like there with him the whole time. You know, I always put that press thing like he was there with him you know, everything. I don't know. But um, it happens a lot. Hollywood's a really dangerous place. And that's it's stunt people get killed all the time and they don't even tell you about it. Uh, oh, uh, Uma Thurman got really badly hurt in Kill Bill and ended up suing like the production, Quentin Tarantino's production. Because she crashed the red Corvette that she was doing and, like, really hurt her head Whoa. and stuff like that. And, and it had, like, chronic pain for a long time. But they don't tell you those things because they don't want that to ruin the movie. Mm-hmm. They'd rather, you know, like, not that they have that problem now. they just gonna going to ruin the movie with identitarian issues. So when you work with guns on a set, it's really super serious. And, and they're very, like, you know, uh, very, very, very... So the whole story kind of smells to me like how are two people injured by one weapon that would be my first concern the other concern is alec baldwin's kind of character himself because he's known to be a very violent person he is known um to be difficult to work with uh kind of like obnoxious super boorish super arrogant the kind of guy that'll do something i think ultimately you're gonna hear that the set was dangerous and that people were complaining. The question is, did Alec Baldwin, like what we're kind of all seeing in our heads, were they filming a scene and he's like pointing the gun at the camera? And I think it's a vintage Western piece. And, you know, pull the trigger and there was either a live round in there or there was a dummy round stuck in the chamber. And then they put in um, a... Which I, I don't know if the, how they could do that with a... But they could. They maybe could do it with a... Yeah, I guess you could really do it with a revolver. And then you put in a dummy round and then you load in a blank charge. And then the blank charge basically pushes with the dummy round out through the barrel. Which is supposedly what killed Brandon Lee. Um, I've heard different stories about the Brandon Lee thing. Like like a lot of people said the, the weapon master on that set was really reckless and was keeping live ammo in the in the prop truck which you're not supposed to do you're not supposed to have you're not supposed to really it's like when you know weapons tip like when you are training with your weapons at home like you should take all your ammunition and put it in another room then go into another room and like if you're going to practice drawing you're going to practice magazine swaps or you know whatever skill set you're going to practice with like um fake rounds or even just dry firing all your ammunition should be in another room so that it's never accidentally near you and there should be a door closed between you and that room and you should have eyes on that pistol all the time because what if someone comes in and just loads your weapon and then walks away i don't know you don't want to like and that's the other thing like the actor is responsible for making sure that that weapon is safe the director is respond like there's so many safety protocols but this was a low budget production and apparently alec baldwin was the executive producer and that strikes me as him being a little bit of a bully and making people I don't know I think all I can say is I think you're going to find out other things about this and it'll be interesting to see what they say that's 
That's what I would say. It'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. But those those are my thoughts on it. I was wondering, are are any of the libs saying like, this is why we shouldn't like people shouldn't have guns because if this could even just happen by accident, you know, on a set with fake rounds, look how much more dangerous real guns are. Like, is anyone trying to make that dumb argument? I don't think so because okay. the thing of it is, is Alec Baldwin has been very anti-gun, and so right. what I really wanted to talk about was really not any of the things that I just talked about. Mm. What I really wanted to talk to talk about is an interesting um, thing that I'm starting to see happening. In that a lot of the people who were awful, and Alec Baldwin, there's no debate, he's been an awful person. Like, you can go back and see tweets where he, like, uh, accuses people of being Dick Cheney and shooting people. Like, Dick Cheney had a famous incident where he winged his hunting partner, and he would say, oh, you're going to Cheney me or something like that. You know, just, he's a nasty guy. He's a really nasty guy. There is a famous tweet that he is probably furiously de- deleting, but the internet has captured forever, where a, a police officer is doing his job, and Alec Baldwin says, I wonder what it must be like to accidentally shoot somebody and how horrible you feel. And people are like, now you know. Yeah. You know, it's it's just weird. It's just weird. Like, And then you go to Adam Kinzinger, who, who was an awful person. Like, remember, Tea Party guy, and carried so much water to get rid of Trump. You know, being that faux concern troll kind of Republican. And now he's been uh, he's been redistricted and he's, you know, bleeding like a sheep. And it's just it is interesting in that a lot of people who've done a lot of jacked up stuff aren't really getting away with it. I think the person that it most kind of personifies really is Joe Biden. Joe Biden is still telling the same lies Joe Biden has been telling. The other night he told the lie about the Amtrak story. Joe Biden has a whole bunch of lies that he tells that are not true. And one of the biggest lies he told was the very fine people lie about Trump basically calling the KKK very fine people. That is debunked, you know, ad nauseum. But both Joe and Kamala and CNN will still say that like it's gospel. Joe Biden is the biggest liar in the world. Joe Biden is a political and economic whore. He is an awful person. He always wanted to be president, and he finally got to be president, and he's lost his marbles. Kinzinger got everything that he wanted and lost his seat. Alec Baldwin, who was a consistently awful person to people at every opportunity, is now literally, uh, you know, I can't imagine, that's got to... If he didn't do it out of rage, and I and I wouldn't necessarily rule that out, but if he if it was an accident, and you know another thing that I would say is, people advance the theory of like, hey, maybe a Trump supporter, because I heard that one, a Trump supporter snuck in there and added a live round, and I'm like, no, but close, but close. When you're that awful in Hollywood, people do like, and and the tirades of how Alec Baldwin is, you can look it up, they're legendary. Um, and how awful he is to people he works with and stuff like that. I would not put it past somebody who maybe doesn't have the best long-term repercussive thinking skills, who Alec Baldwin had lit up and humiliated in front of everybody to feel like the big man on set, which is his jam. Having uh, There's a chance someone put a live round in there just to screw with him and didn't really think it through that it's going to be fully investigated, or maybe they had that sort of half-assed criminal plan where you think you're going to get away with a crime i don't know but that is not an unreal possibility that not necessarily political but people hate alec baldwin that much 
not because they know of him. They actually dislike this dude because they actually meet him and work with him. That's how unpleasant he is. But the weird aspect that I'm talking about is... I don't know if you want to call it God or whatever. But, you know, the Jews have a saying, man plans and God laughs. I don't want to use the term God has a sense of humor. But I will say it is weird how a lot of people are kind of getting their comeuppance. And like, again, embodying Joe Biden the most. That guy did everything possible, sold everybody out did all the horrible stuff to finally attain the thing that he wanted and he's incapable of using it or enjoying it now and he has literally got someone's hand up his butt and marionette strings on everything like did you see the cornholio performance last night <laughs> joe biden cornholio that that is man who's not he is listening to people tell him what to say because he can't even do it himself and it's Explain what that is, just in case, for anyone that most people know. Everybody knows Beavis well, and Butthead. Your mom doesn't. I'm Cornholio. You know? Right, so is that weird But he's he's like he was... holding his hands like he's rock'em, sock'em robots, you know? And <laughs> I mean, he. but the irony that you would do everything and attain what you finally wanted, only to have it be a prison you can't enjoy. And it's amazing. The Eagles summed this up. In the song, You Can't Hide Your Lion Eyes, about the rich girl who finally meets the, the about the, the poor girl, the hoochie mama, who finally meets the rich guy and gets all the Porsches and houses and minks and furs and diamonds and jewels. But she's a prisoner in the guy's house and she passed love over. So, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird how evil doesn't get away with stuff and maybe evil... Maybe it's hardwired into the universe that why should bad things, wrong things, like when you see a universe that really works perfectly, which the universe really does, whether you like some of the elements or not, it is a balanced, you know, clock watch universe. And there are truths to it. Water's wet. Women have secrets. You know, time moves at such a pace. All these kinds of things that balance the universe. Why would evil and aberration ever get away with anything Possibly the universe has a way of cleaning that up over time. And what we're seeing is that cleanup or possibly, and it's what I believe, there is a divine creator who says, I will not be mocked. You will not do evil and call it good. You will face these things. And sometimes you face these judgments in this life to get you straightened out and jerked up so that the one second after you die isn't the biggest mistake of your life. Hopefully these things bring you to the end of yourself. I don't know, but it is interesting that it's happening. And that's the podcast.